Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Latch Mama Podcast. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, the Latch Mama Podcast is a podcast for the mothers and parents in the trenches of parenthood. Today, we are going to talk about the number one thing that I wish people would have told me before I had babies. You're listening to the Latch Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Wirt, busy mom of six and owner of LatchMama.com. Join us each week as we talk about pregnancy, breastfeeding, postpartum, and all things motherhood. Hi, friend. Hi. So I talk about this all the time, um, especially to people here at Latch Mama or people in my life who come to me in this like really kind of frantic state of, oh my gosh, this is happening with my kid and it's really hard and I don't know what to do. You know, I think that there are probably things that neurologically and physically happen with our kids that need to be addressed immediately when they Mm -hmm. happen or you know you do have a sixth sense as a parent or you know your gut instinct that something is wrong but what nobody really taught me is like kind of the ebbs and the flows of child development and I am not an expert not a scientist just have six kids been parenting for about a decade now Mm -hmm. so I have lived experience on this Mm -hmm. but We haven't really called it anything in our house, but it's like the grumpies. Yeah. It's like, I will be head over heels in love with a child, like, like willing to take them like (laughs) to the library and then a movie and then on an airplane and then like claim them a favorite. Yeah. In in a restaurant, (laughs) like I would do everything with them because we just feel so, I feel so connected and they're so well behaved and they're like balanced and it's wonderful Mm -hmm. and it's great. And then that'll be like. I don't know. Depends on the kid. Like four, six weeks, eight weeks long, maybe. And then all of a sudden, they'll be, for the lack of a better word, a monster. Yeah. And nobody explained that to me. And I kind of asked my (laughs) pediatrician about it. And my pediatrician was just like, "Uh, they're growing. And I was like, "Uh, can I have a better like response to that? But it's almost like, and it's, I mean, it happens from, I think we talk about those wonder weeks maybe when they're infants and then we forget about Mm -hmm. the fact that I'm pretty sure those wonder weeks continue through adulthood. Maybe. I mean, I have wonder weeks now. I have weeks where I don't want to freaking do anything. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe we call them hormones when we get older. I don't know. But I have those weeks where I don't want to look at my husband. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be anywhere. I want to be in a freaking blanket and I think what makes it hard for me is when they are little monsters and grumpy they probably need me the most but I don't know how (laughs) to love them sometimes in that state or it just seems very hard and I don't want to do it but it's so easy when they come to you and it's yeah yes so yes 100% and it's like I'm not talking like tantrums I'm talking like hard day after hard day after hard day or like a stage where it's like three four five weeks long where you literally have to make sure that they have food every hour and they're getting to bed on time literally just to parent them in a kind and gentle way because they push every single button yeah Well, they're like very rude and disrespectful Uh and I'm wondering why that's coming out. I'm trying to look at it like, what what, what are we missing here? What are you lacking? What am I not doing? What do you need? Like, but I don't know. (laughs) It's like, 
And I think oh. you're so right that they absolutely need us more then because they probably feel very out of control. But all you and, get is the one word answers. Yeah. And you Fine. get like the crying. Fine. Are you and okay? The, Fine. No, and, no, no. It, and it's really <laughs> funny because I can look at my girls, which is really interesting. And, and I don't have any idea if there's any scientific uh, scientific stuff scientific. about this. <laughs> I like the made up words. <laughs> I make up words all the time. But, you know, Caroline will look at me and I'll say, sweetie, why are you crying? And she'll say, I don't know. And she'll just kind of fall into my arms and I'll hold her and we'll make some jokes about how girls sometimes cry. I mean, guys, boys cry too. But it's almost like the boys where we have never shunned crying. We've never said that crying is not okay. We've mm-hmm. embraced it in whatever the children bring to us in terms of their right. sex, gender, whatever. And... But the girls almost can fall into that crying more and just cry. Like, I'll just hold them and they'll cry. The boys mm-hmm. can do it too, but it's almost like there's this angry side to it too. There's well, I don't think that sometimes it just, and it, I see with all my kids, they don't know what to do with the emotions. Yeah. So sometimes it's crying, but they don't want to cry, but they want to just be angry. Mm-hmm. And Kate the other day is like, I'm just, I'm a little bit more than a little bit angry. Oh, I love <laughs> what that. What does that mean, buddy? Like, are you okay? <laughs> like, and he's just not sure what to do with this, yeah. like, feeling in his body, you know, it's because I took away his TV cord. Yeah. But, you know. It's so funny because I feel like they do. It it It's seemingly getting a little bit easier, but here's the deal. I'm not to the stage where they have raging hormones yet. I'm at, like, the 11-year-old stage, which is where my oldest is, who's always been my hardest with this um, because he's a little bit highly – he's, like, more emotional than the rest of them. But but he's slowly being able to recognize when he's kind of in that stage, as am I. Like, and I do cater to it a little bit more. I do make sure there's more snacks in the house because eating always. And I truly think my pediatrician was right. They're just growing. They're mm-hmm. going to grow in these ups and downs where they're mm-hmm. going to need more sleep. They're going to need more food. And when they don't get whatever they need, mm-hmm. it just starts spiraling. But, um, He's been fine, but it's also like a changes in schedule sometimes can mm-hmm. spur it on all of them. I think that probably goes into the speed that goes into the sleep stuff. But um, on Sunday, we had had this really long weekend. Oh, my God. And they had been lovely human beings all weekend. <laughs> and we got in the car and we drove to um, my in-laws river house um, to celebrate my mother in-law's birthday we were surprising her which is a whole big thing because is it really a beautiful surprise when you show up with six kids who have been you know in the car for two hours and unnapped I mean I think she really did enjoy it but I was also very kind of controlling of the situation because I wanted to make sure that the boundaries stayed in place like that we didn't mess up the condo Mm -hmm. like it was just we were trying to be anyways but on the way home Nathan is fighting like heck with his brother so they're 20 months apart the two oldest boys and they're in the back and they'd been on screens for the whole drive and it had been a wonderful bad weekend but all of a sudden Nathan goes I just like you more than any other human being in this world to Alex and I looked at Eric and we both just really smiled and laughed because he didn't say hate he didn't call his brother stupid like he didn't go after Mm -hmm. the words that he knows are wrong in our family but he was very clear that he disliked his brother more than any other person on the planet and that's progress that I feel like is progress like feel free say whatever you want you didn't tell him you hated him you didn't use the bad word that we have in the family like yeah so I feel like they can start to recognize it Mm -hmm. but in those early years 
I've always, and I always would take it on with, why don't I like my child right now? Mm-hmm. And like, why did I like them before? And what is wrong with me? And like, is this a me thing? Do I need to eat better? Do I need to sleep? Do I need to go for a walk? And I think all of those things probably are always true because I think they always can help. But mm-hmm. once I started accepting the fact that literally these little kids are growing at such a rapid rate that they're going to feel out of control sometimes. Yeah. And I think I've kind of taken a step back and looked at it, you know, whereas adults, we sometimes have a hard time kind of staying in it, if you Mm -hmm. know what I mean. Kind of that back and forth, being able to regulate the emotions, but kind of being in that conversation Mm -hmm. and whatnot. But also us as adults, we do sometimes take a step away and you need that like downtime to process through that and kind of learn. And then you kind of come back for some connection. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So then I look at the kids and I feel like when they're really young, they're just a hot mess and the emotions are all out and Mm -hmm. you know, that massive trust. And then I can see as they're getting a little bit older, they're trying to take on a little bit more of that responsibility to process through those emotions. So there are months where like, I can see one of them coming more to me where they weren't last month. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is what that is, is you're, you can't really process them well enough to kind of stay in it and have that consistent Mm -hmm. in and out. They more so retreat for quite a while. And I'm like, okay, well maybe you need that time. But then I'm like, are you okay? Do I need to, you know, am I not doing something? And then they're back in it with you trying to get their fill and then they Mm -hmm. go back and process it. And I'm like, maybe that's what it is. Maybe we should be reading (laughs) books on child development instead of just, Uh, having lived experiences but I mean this is just our thought our thoughts and feelings from what we're seeing with our kids and I'm sure that there are so many people listening to this that have read the books or are child psychologists or could tell us what's actually happening in their feel free to let us know but (laughs) I think that it's really interesting to look at it from an experience where literally like one, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, I understand that you can read books and people have studied lots of kids' brains, but it's really also interesting to be in the trenches and seeing it and watching it happen. Mm-hmm. And I realize too, like when I'm in this sweet spot of of childcare, we have multiple nannies in our in in my life. And it's really interesting because when the kids feel seen and heard and loved and held even on those terrible, terrible days, months, weeks, Mm -hmm. you know, as they're going through this little loving, like this little growing phase, they do do better through it. Yeah. Um, and it is interesting because I think they're probably much more readily able to show up for their, you know, eight hours that they're there in my house than, you know, I sometimes am as a mother yeah. when literally I just want them to be happy or I've made dinner and they don't want to eat it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Yeah. I do think back to um, <coughs> those early years when we, you know, the first thing you said on the podcast, just talking about how things don't last forever. Yeah. And, you know, it took me a long time, you know, multiple, multiple kids to get to the point where like, Oh my gosh, this kid's never going to stop crying. Like yep. they're never going to sleep through the night. And um, I never liked to hear that time goes by faster. So I'm not going to, tell anybody that Mm -hmm. um but it is interesting to see those you know Mm -hmm. those ebbs and flows that these things don't I mean they might last for more months than you want or more days than you want or more weeks than you want but they do eventually grow and come up with some other issue (laughs) that you got to deal with or you have a really good spot um you know that you get to go through um and I but it doesn't yeah they don't they don't don't last last forever, forever but they're really freaking hard when you're in it yeah and I mean I think that it's made me realize like when the when it's good like I looked at Hannah today, one of our nannies, and I was like, the kids are just really happy. 
And it was kind of celebrating her and celebrating everybody else that shows up for our family, knowing that her last day is next week and knowing that we're kind of going to go into this little spiral thing again. But it's so nice to sit back and every kid was happy and every Mm -hmm. kid felt loved. And it was just this really beautiful thing where like Mm -hmm. I was going to enjoy the moment because the day before Catherine was underneath the art table in our dining room, hysterical crying the first time probably I've ever had to my entire working mom life pull a child off of me and hand them to somebody else to hold. Um, And by the time she got here after art class, she came to visit me after halfway through the day and she was fine and great. I think she just probably needed some breakfast Um, Mm -hmm. and she needed love and to be seen and stuff like that. But this morning, I mean, it was all gone and everybody was happy and they felt secure and they felt loved. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also don't think that we can necessarily discount the role that we do play in it. Like in the sense that like, Yes, these are kids and these are develop. This is development, but I know that I was much more reactive to it before I've done some work on myself and done the whole therapy mm-hmm. thing, as well as learned that what they need exactly yeah. what you led with was that they need us to be more present. When sometimes it can trigger us, sometimes mm-hmm. it can make us get in that kind of flight response where, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I'm not doing a good job. This kid's upset. I'm doing everything I know how to do, yeah. but they were happy two weeks ago. Where yeah. did my kid go? Is something wrong with them? Do we need to go to the doctor? Do they need therapy? Like wh- what's going to happen here? When I think with you saying that, you know, had one, two, three, heck, probably even four, you know, I want to be very quick to fix it. Like mm-hmm. I'm mom. I, I, that's what I'm here for. I, you know, I want yeah. to fix it, but Sometimes it's not, it's not a fix because there's really nothing broken. Yep. They just need you. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes with my daughter now, she's 11. I'll just go sit in her. Like she's got like the fold out squishy type mm-hmm. chair and I'll just go and sit. And she's in there reading one of her books again. Yeah. And we just sit and eventually like we start chatting, but we're not really looking at each other. Like I'm under her bed or whatever, but <laughs> I'm just like physically there. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily solving or fixing something. It's just a presence. Like yeah. sometimes they just want you like just come and be near me I don't really know what to say or do but I'd be so quick to try to fix it and that Mm -hmm. would cause so much anxiety in me absolutely um versus just hey this just could Mm -hmm. be a time where it's just difficult I wish somebody in like I know I led the podcast with this like I just I wish this was what somebody had taught me like I wish somebody had said you know potty training is actually going to be a really big pain in the ass nobody Mm -hmm. ever told me that until I was actually in the trenches of potty training but I also like those little things that I wish people had really been real with me about but this is one that I don't think is talked about enough the fact that your kid is going to go up and down and up and down and up and down and you don't need to fix it Mm -hmm. like you love them you show up for them and what they're bringing to the table and who they are Mm -hmm. and I think it was probably pretty true like I I'm, I'm trying to figure out like what how I reacted to it and why it it set so much stuff yeah. off in me, but they do come but back I, around. But I, but I think we can also share those statements. I mean, cause I mean, I feel like that's what I would consider a statement or a sentence saying, Hey, just so you know, like you may get about three hours of sleep for like six months mm-hmm. and you're not going to know how to function. Like mm-hmm. you can say that to somebody and they can be like, okay, well, how do I, how, yeah. how do I, what do I do? Give me some yeah. help. But I actually think a lot of these things you have to, you Feel have to through. go through and you have to learn. Um, unfortunately, and fingers crossed, we can help create yeah. this community and this support, which is really difficult. But a lot of these things, I, I, I think you have to go through them. And I think there's a lot to be said with 
all the different things that happen in parenting. And I know I'm kind of bringing forth my one big thing that I had to learn. But I think it's probably different for everybody. Um, And I think that really leaning into those moments where when something feels hard or it makes you want to pull away, Mm -hmm. figuring out what's happening, what's happening in you. What do you need? Do you need sleep? Do you need do you need somebody to talk to? Is this bringing up something in your own childhood? Like what Mm -hmm. is happening in those moments? Because if you can get all of those reactions that are happening in your body at that time to just dissipate a bit just to relax, just to kind of settle down. Um, I think it it really allows you to be more present for your kids and being present together in those moments, I think are really kind of really what gets us through things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, don't know. And I think every kid is different too. Just thinking about that and recognizing and being aware of feelings or whatever you need. Um, like Nora loves to write. Mm-hmm. So I got her like a mother-daughter journal that mm-hmm. we can just write whatever down um because she really likes to write things out and put it on paper so it's like this she could write be, about her feelings she's i don't even know how many journals she's finished I do think you read she's them? over like 25 journals no never read them does They're she her save journals. them mm-hmm. i'm God, talking I wish front, I did that. front and back page but i don't even do know you, what's in it stories about her day what she did do you worry at all like, do you wish you could read them? And we're going way off no. balance here, but this is really Sorry. interesting to me. I know. No, I mean, Car- <laughs> Caroline sings songs and Caroline writes songs and all she writes about and all she sings about mm-hmm. is heartbreak and breaking up with her boyfriend. And it sometimes bothers me because I'm like, is your heart really breaking? What's going mm-hmm. on? So you just, I mean, I wrote like a, a bit when I was younger, so I know what I wrote down. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's similar. I'm sure there's friends related things. Mm-hmm. Like we've had some friends issues yeah. we've had to work through. I think she writes mostly about writing and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But, it's really but anyways, cool. so she loves to write. And so I think that is a great way. If you're feeling angry, you can mm-hmm. put, you can write a sentence that's really angry. And I think you feel better in your body kind of getting it out. Yeah. If we're talking about, about how to, how to, how to, to dissipate some of that yes. stuff. I mean, I think you have to feel it. And I think no, that I that's think where as, fa- as parents, <laughs> I think sometimes we forget that just as much as our kids are feeling big things that we have to feel what they're bringing up in us. Cause that's all the part yeah. of the circle of how we're all connected to one another. So anyways so welcome to the one thing that I wish people had told me about being a mother the ebbs and the flows that just when you think you can't take it anymore and just when you wonder like why you're not connecting with your kid suddenly they come Mm -hmm. out of it and their body settles down too and loving them through those stages and loving yourself through those stages I think are um you know they're really really important things yeah and just knowing you're not alone. Uh-huh. You've got a crazy, Absolutely. cranky nine-year-old or, oh my gosh, my 15-year-old's the only one that's doing these things. No, no, no. no. Mm-hmm. It, they're not. You're not alone. Because every time I've asked somebody else, same thing. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. So I'm not a bad mom and I'm not a bad parent and you I'm doing everything it. I can. I mean, the amount of times that I've taken away like 
gluten and sugar and red dye 40 <laughs> and all of this stuff, which I think is all very important. And it's very important to see what your kids triggers are and sugar oh, and, and all of this stuff. It, it all can help it. it absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to get away from the fact that there are going to be weeks and months where their body is yeah. just growing so fast that they're not sleeping or that everything feels out of sorts to them. And mm-hmm. they're going to put it on you and it's ours to yeah. hold and figure out what's happening in our own bodies and work through it. Yeah. Like my dad, I told you I was <laughs> we keep, we keep ending it. And I'm sorry. I keep fine. screwing up our ending, but fine. no, that, my quick story about Gabe, I tell yeah. you when he was sick, no, he was sick for like three or four days. So okay, he yeah. hadn't swam uh-huh. and he wasn't sleeping and he was napping because he was uh-huh. sick from like yeah. 12 to 2. And, and he, he came so to me scared. at 12 at night yeah. and he was like, there is something seriously wrong with me. And, my and I'm Be- like, because dude, he couldn't sleep at night. you couldn't, you've been napping. You could, so it's, yeah. you st- now you struggle to sleep at night. You're not swimming, which literally helps regulate and your it's body. Like, we're not just talking like normal swim practice. I mean, it's probably like two and a half, three miles they swim. Yeah, he swim swims practice. a lot. And I'm like, buddy, there's nothing wrong. And he was like, oh. It's like, okay, that makes sense. Like, I just glad there's nothing like really wrong with me. And I'm like, but he was so concerned. But but how old is that? That they can, they can realize, Hey, I feel out of, I feel out of whack. There's something wrong with me. Mom, can you help me understand? There's not something wrong with me. 13, but but, I mean, it takes, I mean, this point. So Nathan on Monday had, um, he had swim practice, his first summer swim practice, which is like his whole world. Like, he, he loves, loves it, summer yeah. swim more than year round swim. It's where his friends are. But it was at the same time it overlapped with his soccer party, which is also something he loves. And Nathan's Aww. like our people person. I don't know how Eric and I raised such an extroverted kid, but he I knew what was happening. And he was like, what time is this? What time is this? How, how late am I going to be to this? Which and what am I going to do? And I looked at him and I was like, you are old enough in this moment to decide which one you want to do. Yeah. And he was like, but I want to do both, which brought him to tears. Aww. And like, I don't want to miss this. I don't want to miss that. The same time we bought him a new bathing suit. And he's kind of like a sensory tight thing, person, kid. And he wanted to cut the... <laughs> The penis holder out of the bathing suit, you know that Lining, like net. If you will. Yeah, there's like there's like a net in like the jammers that he wanted yeah. to be cut out. And so we're standing in the kitchen on Monday. He's already so sad he's going to be late to his party, but he wants to do both. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, we can try to do both, but it means you're going to be late. Well, what am I going to miss? I don't know what you're going to miss, sweetie. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. going to start on time. I don't know. But he's like, I'm cutting this thing out, and I'm like, you're not cutting this thing out. Bree, one of the nannies was there. You're not cutting this thing out. Mom, my mom was there. You're not cutting this thing out. His father, who also has sensory clothing stuff, is like, you're not cutting this thing out. You're going to be able to see all of like your Franken beans. That's not the term that we actually use because we use the proper genitalia terms um, in our household. Mm -hmm. But anyways, and he looked at me on the ground, full on tantrum at 11 years old. Yeah. Eventually, I was like, all right, cut it out. It's fine. So I let him win there. But then we got in the car. And what was so beautiful about it is that I could look at him. And this is work I've done. This is him growing up. This is a very gentle, hopefully, family situation. And I was like, are you feeling a little anxious, bud? Like, is, you know, last 24 hours have been hard. He's like, mom, he's like, I haven't known, you know, which what I'm going to do, what I'm going to miss, what mm-hmm. what's going to happen. And I just wanted this thing out of my bathing suit. And but we talked about like how we could handle it better in the future and how mm-hmm. you're going to have to make decisions, how you're going to miss things. Needless to say, practice because it was so cold ended 15 minutes early. We got to the soccer party on time. And Aww. everything ended up working out. But yeah. the second he the second he realized he was going to make that <laughs> soccer party on time, he was the sweet. He was back to his sweet, polite, wonderful, level headed self. 
That's a lot. I know. And that was a really long story, but it just shows that at some point they can start putting words and we can start Mm -hmm. putting words back to them in terms of what they're feeling, but it takes a really long time. So in those like, toddler to through a little yeah. bit faster and the time drops but like, Gabe had even... like meltdowns it'd be like an hour and yeah. I mean literally it'll go down now to where he's like I'm just really angry yeah like that. I can't <laughs> even put words on all of my emotions sometimes mm-hmm. I mean Brene Brown just made an entire like book about labeling freaking emotions mm-hmm. so people can put words behind them yeah. like, how are we expecting our kids, kids to put words behind what they're feeling mm-hmm. um so, but it does come, but until it comes, you're going to have weeks and days and months where you're probably going to say, who, what is this monster? What is wrong? Am what I feeding do? them something wrong? Mm-hmm. Do they need their tonsils out? Their adenoids? Do we need to go to the doctor? What is going on? And then they slowly come out of it. And then you mm-hmm. have your beautiful child back that you feel connected and loved to and you and enjoy then you it. learn something. So when they do it again, you can get better. You, you try, <laughs> but you, when you, they do it again, you feel so out of sorts again and you wonder if something's wrong with them and then you just go up and down and then eventually they can label their feelings. So that's my note to you all is go. that if you feel like you are struggling, if you feel like you don't know who your kid is, normally they're going to come out of it and they're going to come back and again. You're not, alone. you're not alone. Bye guys. <laughs> <laughs>